Hello and welcome to another episode of A Slice of Health, the Candid Health Chat podcast, where we slice away health truth from health fiction. Join me and my friends as we challenge common health myths via chit chat, powered by several cups of coffee. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media and do visit us at a sliceofhealth.club. Let's get to today's episode. On today's episode, we are going to be addressing a recent episode where we discussed the stigma of contraception in Nigeria. Dr. Adebola Adisa is going to be joining us to do a rebuttal demystifying contraception. Dr. Adebola Adisa is a GP in the northeast of England. She obtained her medical degree from the foremost University of Ibadan, Oyo State, Nigeria. Dr. Adisa is also an author and has written three books, The Magic of Destiny under a pseudonym Jessica Dice, Kaleidoscopes, and her latest book is an e-book, Hashtag Be Inspired. She also writes on social media where she promotes healthy behaviour and increases awareness about health conditions. Welcome, Dr. Adisa. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today. So today we're talking about the recent episode that we did in Nigeria, talking about the stigma of contraception in Nigeria. But just before we go ahead, could you just tell us a bit more about yourself and why you decided to become a GP? Right. So in Nigeria, when I was in, I finished from UCH and I always wanted to go and specialize in preventive and social medicine, which is PSM. But it was one of those competitive uh, um, fields. So even after doing my primary examinations and try getting a place anywhere, it, it wasn't happening. And at that point, I had already done my exams to be able to work in the UK. So I just thought, why not? You know, the opportunity is not coming here. So, and somehow it was fairly, you know, straightforward to come and be in the UK. So when I got here, I initially worked as um, like an SHO, which is like um, um, just being a medical officer. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I could actually specialize. And of course, the first thing that came to me was um, being a G, become a GP and, that's, I think, as close to, to being a uh, preventive and social medicine specialist yeah. as as you can be, I think. And I've, I've not regretted that decision. Oh, that is awesome. So thank you for being on the podcast again. So um, I think we were just discussing before we started recording that you'd had to listen to the episode talking about the stigma of contraception in Nigeria. Did anything stand out? Um, to you in that episode yeah i found it very interesting um the participants and the conversation was really very good and i think it addressed quite a, a lot of issues um what i think is having lived in nigeria and now being here i have some different views about some um, some of the things that were taught as that you, they spoke about that mm-hmm. they discussed. I think one of the there are quite a lot of myths, obviously, mm-hmm. um, about contraception. But what's been addressed, the fact that there's poor access, mm-hmm. and of course, poor access leads to unwanted pregnancies, and unwanted pregnancies mean safe abortion services because you know it's not exactly legal to 
about um, fragrances in Nigeria. So it's all a kind of a, a, very, a cycle of uh, myths, which I would classify as ignorance, and then the disease, which I'll classify as unwanted pregnancy, sexual transmitted infections, which were one, was one aspect that wasn't really addressed, which mm -hmm. I think is equally important. Yeah. But yes, I think the participant addressed all the things that are important, you mm -hmm. know, but one thing that struck me was where somebody said about um abstinence obviously abstinence is quite important mm -hmm. and it, it was picked up that we are most people are having sex whether mm -hmm. mentioned or not whether anybody says it or, or not and what's important in if they are having sex they do have to have access to prevent pregnancy if they don't want to be pregnant yes unfortunately it's in the same area where they're poor abortion services, poor health services, that there is poor access to contraceptive services, which obviously it just triples or multiplies all the complications that can come mm -hmm. from that of that poor access. Mm -hmm. So that that's, you know, has been addressed and that's the, what I would emphasize that we do need to be looking inwards. You know, I know all over the world, there are different things that are implemented to make um, health easier, health safer for women, for children, for, for all the people that need those services. Yeah. But we need to be looking inwards. What can we do in Nigeria, for instance, that will address those issues? Mm -hmm. we, we cannot depend on what's available. We need to be legalizing abortion and but as it is, even the provision of basic health services in Nigeria is virtually not there. Where yeah. it is present, it's very expensive and inaccessible anyway. Yeah. Why don't we concentrate on preventing unwanted pregnancies? Because right now, provision of basic services, not to talk of abortion services, uh, you know, is like impossible. So yeah. what we need to be focusing on, I think, for Nigeria is mystifying those things that say, oh, I wouldn't be able to have a baby when I'm ready to get pregnant, when I get married, mm -hmm. or that belief, religion, which is driven by religion, yes. that everyone should be abstaining. That is impossible. Yes. You know, it won't happen mm -hmm. in a million years. So why don't we walk towards making everybody know that it's their right yes. to have contraceptives. Yes. It's their right if they want it. And it should be accessible everywhere. It should be, you know, in the in pharmacies, it should be chemists, it should yes. be in anywhere possible where you wouldn't feel like if it's in toilets where you can just dispense it. Nobody even has to know that you're you're buying something. You don't have to be scared or yeah. feeling vulnerable to have to walk in somewhere to get them so i think for me we should work more on the accessibility and demystifying the reasons why you know people should be having contraceptive um, services so that's i think that's the area i would like to also emphasize them definitely and i think that's great i'm really glad that you came in that direction because um so you've mentioned a couple of things you've mentioned that abstinence is um 
the, the promotion of abstinence as a means of contraception is not effective, which is, I think, a very important thing. So people who are pretending to be yeah. abstinent while engaging in sexual activity really need the information to say, actually, I don't want to get pregnant, but I want to engage in safe sexual practices. What can I do? to prevent myself from getting a sexually transmitted infection and what can I do to prevent myself from getting pregnant when I don't want to get pregnant. So I think that's really important. Um, And then you said something also about sort of accessibility. So I did a very little test when I was there. And obviously I was only there for a very short period of time. Um, But I walked into two pharmacies. I walked into two pharmacies, just picked at random, just opportunistically. And I asked for um, the morning after pill. And I asked for a combined contraceptive and they were both available and they were both very and they were also both very cheap. Um, Obviously, I suppose what I I would classify as cheap to a Nigerian in in certain economical constraints, depending on sort of what social class they belong to, that might not be cheap for them. But it was it was definitely available in those in those pharmacies and i suppose we might just then need to do a sort of a broader study in terms of okay how many places are we actually going to go to multiple people but i went in there as a woman without a wedding ring on my finger which was one of the issues that was raised in that episode um and one pharmacist was female one pharmacist was male and they did not give me a negative attitude they were very professional they told me what to take how to take it um um, what to do if I, you okay. know, if I got sick or any any problems with that as well. So okay. I think that might also be a thing in terms of letting people know that actually there are places that you can walk into, and okay. you know easily get easily get certain kinds of contraceptives. But let's talk about maybe demystifying contraception a bit more. Because I think that was something that came up quite a lot in terms of people saying, oh, but a lot of contraceptives have a lot of side effects. They have a lot of contra- um, complications. They delay fertility. And that was something that I did try to challenge in that episode. That actually, that is not absolutely correct. And, you know, there's, there's one particular okay. one that we do know um, delays fertility, but most of the others are not actually, you know, are not actually in that same category. So could you tell us a bit more about the common contraceptives that are available that we can use and which one specifically is likely to delay fertility in in general situations. Okay, thank you. Um, Actually, before I address that, it's actually good, uh, you know, you did that test and the outcome of it was quite favorable. I do wonder if this was legal which is more cosmopolitan and you may not have the same yeah, yeah exactly yes exactly so, well, it sounds to me like we're getting there and that is good actually yeah. Uh, yeah. so coming to the types of contraception and contraceptive services are available they're quite a variety and that is quite good because yeah. one of the during your last discussion one of the things that was mentioned was some may be good for some people and some may not be good yeah. and there's quite a variety variety in such a way that you will likely find one that will suit you. You will likely find one that would work best for you, less side effects, less complication, less risk. Mm -hmm. So that is quite good. So there are some, um, which are, as we know, they're condoms and femdoms, which are the female versions. And these are quite good if they're used properly. Yes. You know, if the condom doesn't burst, 
or you know is not pierced then it is safe mm -hmm. as we know the thing about contraception which also was mentioned was on, what's on, the only 100 percent one is abstinence yes. but we all know that that cannot happen in most so yes. we need to be looking at the other options which are less than 100 mm percent -hmm. but some of them are quite safer than the other so there's i think i should start with the withdrawal method which was mentioned that one is really really unsafe yeah, to yeah. because you know when do you know when to withdraw there is something called the pre-ejaculate so which means that there might be a release of the sperm before yeah, you even thought yeah. you had you know ejaculated so that is very very unsafe and yeah. as far as i'm concerned you know it should be avoided as much as possible yeah, yeah. because it's unsafe that's the yeah, truth yeah. Um, come no, on. No, you can't rely on it as well so, no you, know, you can't rely on that at all as a means to contraception yeah. it, you know it, it's not even near a good percentage to rely on to be yeah. fair so um condoms condoms are quite good if like i said if they're used safely yeah. and the benefit the good benefit of condoms which other contraceptives don't have is it can also prevent sexually transmitted infections which is very very important because in you know especially young people if they do then develop sexually transmitted infections which includes hiv you know those are issues that you know, then you then go on to develop pelvic inflammatory diseases, and that's when you might then have issues with infertility. So condoms are quite good, and actually, you know, if this is something that one needs to, look, if you are having sex with someone regularly, are you safe with them? Are they a regular partner? You need all those things need to be addressed mm -hmm. because condoms are, are the only ones that will prevent you know sexually transmitted infections. Mm -hmm. Now moving on to the other ones, there are the ones that are, you know everyday like pills and the other ones are more longer term things so long acting reversible contraceptives yeah which means that you don't have to remember to take them every day so there are the pills mm -hmm. i will come back to that and the ones that are non-pills they are often the ones that are like um, the injectables which are the depot injections and then you have the the, the subdermal implants which are the implanon and the likes of it which you know, it can be put just under your hand. Yeah. And then you have the coils, which are also different types of coils available as well. Yeah. Now, coming back to the pills, those contain hormones. Yeah. And um, there is the combined oral contraceptive pills mm -hmm. and the ones that contain, which means contains two hormones, the estrogen and progesterone, which are the natural hormones in the females, which yeah. help regulate, you know, release of eggs and things like that. And in, in that way, depending on what's in the pills can prevent you getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. Now there is the one that's got only one hormone in it, which is progesterone. And that's, also comes in different forms but we're talking about the pills now mm -hmm. now i i know you mentioned something about going into the chemist to go and buy a um, contraceptive uh, was it a combined um, com contraceptive so what they had was combined now obviously that that is also an issue in terms of the scope of how much they have um the specific combined one that they have goes by a trade name so i don't want to mention which one but it is a common one okay. that worldwide um but obviously i think the issue with that as well is 
when we normally do contraception issuing, we do a lot of counseling alongside it as well. So you need to take a yeah. history from, from different people and ascertain their risk factors. So I think that is the yeah. main with walking into a chemist to pick up certain contraceptives. And that's why a family planning setting is more appropriate or seeing a doctor that understands what they're doing is is definitely more appropriate but in a setting like nigeria where there's so much strain on the health economy already um i think they're just trying to make it accessible in as many ways as possible and let's not forget as well that in nigeria you can walk into a chemist and pick up kefalexin which you know yeah yeah, so you know you can yeah, so in yeah. Nigeria, walk in and pick up, you know, quite strong antibiotics or limited use antibiotics. Yeah. Um, and yeah. those things are not really yeah. regulated. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you did ask me to say which ones, you know, will stop people getting pregnant for a bit. So, yeah. I, and which ones I just in the last discussion is the depot, which can delay pregnancy, you know, for a year, a year and a half average thereabout. Yes. Again, which is why it's quite important. If you are going to be getting contraceptives, it needs to be done through a, a, a provider. Mm-hmm. And that provider can be a nurse, can be a, you know, a doctor, can be a midwife, as long as it's someone who is trained to provide it. I believe in Nigeria should even be a, a, a pharmacist. Yeah. Because you, we've talked about the strain on the provision of um, services. How many doctors are available to to, exactly. to a population so yeah. there's no way only doctors can be providing these services yeah. as long as people are as people are trained yeah. to identify risk factors complications contraindications yeah. because coming to something like combined oral contraceptive pills there re- if you there are certain risk factors where you sh- it's a no-no yeah. you know the benefit of taking that contraception is not good enough yes. compared to the risk where the risk or you know side effects will outweigh the benefits for you yeah. you shouldn't be taking it but if it's in a situation where you walk into a chemist and you can literally and possibly you're someone who you know has a very high risk of you know and complications already where you shouldn't even be taking it that is or another problem actually another problem. so it is tricky it is a tricky thing in nigeria where there should be a balance between accessibility to these services yes as well as proper you know um, it needs to be properly done it's not just about it being available yeah. it needs to be done safely yeah definitely definitely yeah i definitely agree with you in that in terms of the safety of it and i think that is probably something that we should also discuss in terms of um contraindications because when i got i got a lot of messages after that last episode and some of them were doctors in nigeria saying oh yes but you know um i they don't like contraceptives because they, they have so many complications and contraindications and i think if this is the pervasive mentality among healthcare workers then if that mentality already exists in your healthcare worker, then that also becomes a barrier from you receiving the right kind of contraceptive. And so if you are already, you know, seen as someone who is doing something wrong in in that society where abstinence is encouraged, if you're not in a um, 
um, heterosexual marriage, then you then have a lot of barriers to actually accessing something that is going to be number one, beneficial for your health, and also number two, helpful in preventing you from, from um, getting, getting pregnant. So why don't we talk about the common sort of side effects and contraindications to um, contraceptives. Um, and what I'd like us to do is actually start from the long acting reversible contraceptives. So the ones that stay in long term, you don't need to take a tablet every day. Um, and the ones, these are also the ones that also seem to have a lower side effect profile and complication profile compared to, compared to the pill. So should we start with uh, the copper coil? Cause that's one that's been around for several generations. So what, what, complications would you say arise from the use of the copper coil and what in what situation would you not want to prescribe that for a patient okay so copper coil they these are long-acting reversible contraceptives like we mentioned already and they last quite a long time mm. it's average of about seven years five mm. to seven years sometimes mm. even longer but mm. that's you know reasonable time length and they will stay in for that length of time and keep protecting you and keep preventing pregnancies. Now, they obviously have side effects. For instance, if you, you know, have a history of pelvic inflammatory diseases, that will can predispose to that. Mm -hmm. And because of that, there's also the risk of you know ectopic pregnancies yeah. in you know the copper coil. So these are risk of obviously if you are allergic to copper as well. You, you cannot, you know, take that because yeah. it is a copper coil. So it is the, actually the only contraceptive to a large extent which hasn't got hormones in it. Yeah. So yeah. for someone who doesn't want hormones, so people yeah. complain about, you know, it makes me big, uh, gain weight, uh, you know, breast tenderness and all the, you know, the side effects of hormones. Yeah. This is the one that you can take that hasn't got hormones in it. And it is quite good as long as, you know, you haven't had, you know, pelvic inflammatory disease or you are, you are not likely to, you don't have risk factors. So there are certain risk factors. So if you have multiple sexual partners, there is increased risk of, risk of developing, you know, sexually okay. transmitted infections, which then, you know, it can make this quite unsafe for you. But yeah. to a large extent, it's well tolerated. If those, you know, which is why you would have gone through the risk factors with you, the provider yeah. anyway. Same as the Mirena call, this is a very good one as well. Uh, you know, if you're someone, for instance, if you wouldn't be remembering to take pills every day, you, you know, it stays in for about five years. The benefit of this is it also helps regulate periods. Yeah. So some people actually, you know, have the Mirena. Well, Mirena is a brand of it. There are different types. It's uh, the contraceptive one. Or it regulates periods. And in fact, some people use it just to regulate every period because they have problems with every period. And once they put that in, that sort of regulates their periods. Some don't get any periods with it. Some, if they do get periods, it will likely to be regular periods. And it's quite safe as well. It's got hormones in it, one hormone, which is a progesterone. And it's locally um, released as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the, the, there are, you know, complications with things like this then because it's going to be put, you know, inserted into your, your womb. There can be a risk of perforation, but this is a small risk. But, yeah. you know, if you're going to be having this, you will be told about it and counseled accordingly. You know, you don't need to be scared. These are very good forms of contraceptives because mm -hmm. you don't need to remember, even if you forget, it's not an issue. 
unlike you know some other types of contraceptives. There's also the subdermal implant, yes. which is very is quite safe. It's one of the ones that are quite near hundred percent safe. Yes. In terms of effectiveness, you're yes. very unlikely to get pregnant with this one. Mm-hmm. Again, for because it would involve a, a sort of needle, you know, they will need to sort of numb the area in your hand where they put it. So if you're someone who fears needles, you know, and you, you will be able to tolerate that. You may not like it, but if that's not an issue, it lasts for about three years, mm-hmm. average of three years, it's quite good. Mm-hmm. The issue with this is with it's it contains progesterone as well which is one hormone some people have erratic periods with it it's yeah. quite you know many people don't they have regular periods or no periods but some people do get erratic periods with it where they they're like it's not working we need to get this out and there's also the depot injections there are different types of this as well there's some that last for two months there's some that last for about 12 you know 14 weeks and um, three months and this would involve injections you know yeah. and again if you're someone who doesn't like injections you might not want this but this some women just want they don't want something long term such like um, so like five years or anything like that they want something shorter term but not every day so yeah. this works for them yeah but like we said earlier this is the one that can delay yes and i think it's yes. really important for us to emphasize that the ones that we've talked about so far so the copper iud which is an interuterine device the interuterine systems which release progesterone directly into the womb only and the progesterone implant which sits you know, just a little bit inside the flesh in the arm, in the non-dominant arm, um, are actually very quickly reversible. And so once they're removed, we normally expect that fertility will return to baseline. Um, but the, the only exception to yeah. this rule is the um, injection, exactly. which, which you need to go for regularly, either two monthly or three monthly um, at your healthcare provider. So let's talk a bit more then about the pills, because with pills, there's so many pills. So even with the, um, so there are two different kinds of pills. We have the combined contraceptive pill, like you mentioned, which has two hormones, the two natural hormones that exist in a woman's body. And then there's the other one, which used to be called the mini pill, which only contains progesterone. But even in these two categories, we've got tens and tens of different combinations. Can you talk a bit about, about this and how you choose and how you choose which one for your patient, or do you sort of do it by trial and error? Um, I think the general rule is to, so now you need to sort of do a quick assessment, so based on history, mm-hmm. if combined pills are going to be safe for someone. So things like if they've got a family history of um, um, blood clots in the legs, for instance, or anywhere, even in the lungs, mm-hmm. or if they've got um, family history of like breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not an absolute risk, but you do need to know. Yeah, uh, yeah so you do need to carry out a, a risk. So if they smoke, for instance, if, if they have migraines where they are seeing things in their vision or they're seeing sports, which you call migraine with, you know, aura, you know, the ones that they know beforehand that they're going to have a migraine. So that certain type of headache, migraines, which are headaches, you know, we go through that risk assessment and there's something we call UK MEC, which helps us to give that risk. Mm-hmm. And it tells us if, 
they're going to, if the, the, the complications are likely to outweigh the benefits, mm-hmm. in which case, you know, we suggest to them that actually you shouldn't be on it and we, we really don't want to prescribe it. Mm-hmm. Now, if they are safe enough to have combined pills, they are quite good actually mm-hmm. because they, there are all the, also other benefits to it. So for people who have acne. And what about yeah. the, um, so those, those are really important things actually that people need to speak to their healthcare provider about. So is there anyone in your family that's had blood clots? Have you ever had any blood clots, history of cancer, breast yeah. cancer, especially ovarian cancer, um, any risk of stroke? Um, or heart disease as well in the family, um, really important things. Your smoking history, your BMI, so that's the ratio of your height to your weight as well. Yes, um, and these are the things that then increase what we call your cardiovascular risk, um, depending on the use of combined contraceptives. And then we then come into the um, what we used to call the mini pills, so the progesterone-only um, pills as well. So how do you, how, which patients do you then choose to, to you know, suggest that, okay, this is the appropriate one? for them okay so progesterone only um contraceptives you know interestingly most of the uh, the long-acting reversible contraceptives also contain only progesterone most of them do and this is only one hormone so for someone who we say is contraindicated from having combined pills then the next best thing is the progesterone only yes. if they and the type that don't they want to know what's happening every day for instance they are the people who are so well organized they want to take their pills every day they want they feel like they're managing their own you know um contraceptive service by themselves and they they want to take it every day then this is good for them yeah um obviously with progesterone pills, it's quite unpredictable in the sense of how your periods are going to be. Yes. Some people are extremely, you know, happy with it because they don't have any periods period. whatsoever. Yes. And they don't want any periods anyway. anyway. But interestingly, some people get, you know, their periods regularly, which they also like. But yeah. some people, they have erratic periods where they might yeah. have a period today, the next two weeks, another period comes and it's heavy. And they just don't like it. If it's mm-hmm. that's the situation, they may need to change it. Yes. So, you know, there is a, a huge variety of contraceptive services, like we mentioned. And that's very good because it means that each woman will likely choice. find something that will be best to them and will work for them. Mm-hmm. I think that we should also not forget um, sterilization. Yes. Which, <laughs> which uh, yes, which some, you know, women prefer if they say i know i'm not going to have children anymore and i do not want that mistake to happen at all and i don't want to take any medication then that's the one for them in which case you know they they are sterilized and of course there's vasectomy which was mentioned yeah yeah which definitely needs to be a topic in itself as well in you know in certain communities where men are so men feel really linked to their virility, their ability to have children in, in most yeah, situations. Yeah. But I think the really great thing though, is that there's so many options. And so if a woman is counseled appropriately, whether she's had children before or whether she hasn't had children yet, she should be able to find something that works. I mean, the diaphragm is an option. Absolutely. There's still the transdermal patches as well that some women still choose to use as well. Yeah. Um, and there's still the vaginal rings as well, which some women still do prefer. Yeah. 
Um, so there are quite a lot of options. And I think it's really important for us to actually make that really clear that there are options. Let's sit down and let us talk about it. I think that is potentially what yes, we're lacking in, 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 the, um, in the Nigerian society. So what would you say to, let's say, uh, a girl in, you know, in Nigeria or even potentially a girl in the UK here who comes from a family of Nigerian parents or with Nigerian, that kind of mentality where there's just this huge stigma around contraceptives and there's this pervasive mentality that if you use contraceptives before you start having children, you will not have children. What, what, what would you say sort of as a take-home message to, to people? Okay, so which we've been you know, emphasizing, if you're going to be having contraceptives, it's best to go to, to a certified provider. So when you say that provider who could be a doctor or a family planning practitioner, what we need as you know, practitioners to be saying to people, especially to younger people, because they're having sex anyway. And when they come and see you for contraceptives, they are not coming for counseling mm-hmm. about their sexual life. No, they not. are coming to you for the provision of contraception. So you must not be judgmental is the first thing. Yeah. You must you know, even be empathic in the sense that see yourself in the position of this um, young person. If it were you and you, you know, you have the guts and eventually summon the courage to even attend anywhere. The first thing you need to be doing is, you know, making them feel at home Yes. and say, you know, making sure that you're looking, your face is very welcoming and, you know, you've come, I'm here to help you and making sure you tell them that this is confidential. So even if you knew their parents, you, you their, their, distant relatives by, by any means so you know they've approached you as someone you know who is expected to keep their information confidential yes. so that is important and you need to be telling them this you know what you have come to tell me about today is confidential obviously there's a caveat to that you know if they're really young they're below the age of sex and they might if they, they there's a safeguarding issue for instance, if maybe the, they're sleeping with a older person or they're vulnerable, they're being abused, you, you, you will need to, you know, you know, to be helping them with this area as well. Mm-hmm. If there's none of these safeguarding issues in, 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 in place, um, if this is not an issue, of course, then, you know, they need to know that you're going to be very thorough, you're going to be empathic and you, you're going to help them basically. Yes. So you need to be telling them that, actually apart from the depot injection which you would not even be encouraging in a young person in the first instance then every other type of contraceptive is as safe as possible but it needs to be individualized obviously is it safe for that person and if it is safe then you should be prescribing them um to them and these things need to be accessible basically um to people who need them Great. And in terms of, so if we were to present the, um, let's say the Department of Health in the Nigerian society with, I don't know, a structured plan to say, okay, let us try to improve contraception. Because one thing that some of the doctors were saying was that in addition to the mortality rate, the maternal mortality rate in Nigeria, 15% of that is actually from unsafe abortions. And so what can we you know, provide the department and say, okay, well, this is our strategy. What, what, what ideas would you sort of give, especially in environments where people believe that having more children is a sign of wealth? 
having more children is protection for their old age in case yes. if one child dies or another child dies. Um, what, how do we address these issues that, you know, continue from generation to generation about the use of contraception and, you know, having multiple children? Okay. I'm, I'm glad you said, you know, the, your, so the second to the last statement about some people believe having many children is a sign of wealth and things like that. In mm-hmm. fact, the whole point of contraceptives is the fact that pregnancy itself puts a woman in a very vulnerable position yes. and in fact increases their risk, you know, of health issues. Yes. So the whole point of contraception is because pregnancy has a, is, a, is not a disease, but many people are at risk of poor health because of contraception, uh, sorry, because pregnant. they are pregnant. And so if they don't need to be pregnant, or they don't want to be pregnant, they shouldn't be pregnant. Yes. That's the whole essence of it, yes. you know, because in, they're safer when they're not pregnant, when they don't want to be pregnant. Yes. Yes. So we need to be present, presenting facts to yes. the policymakers. We need to be presenting the reality on ground is that people are dying because they are getting pregnant when they, they, they don't want to be or they shouldn't be. Even if you say that, you know, abortion is not legalized. The fact, which was quoted anyway, is that uh, 450,000 abortions are happening every year regardless. Yes. Which is probably an underestimate, really, yes. I think. Yes. We, we don't so know the abortion is happening anyway. Yes, yes. Yes. So which means it's going to be unsafe abortion because yes. it's illegal abortion and people are going... There's a saying that a woman will do everything to get pregnant if she wants to get pregnant and she will do everything to get rid of the pregnancy if, if she doesn't, she doesn't want, want to be pregnant yes. so they you know they're still going to look for someone who's going to do it a quack or someone who's not even medically trained is yes. going to be committing this abortion and people are going to be dying they're going to get infections they're going to have sepsis they're going to die from this you know abortion so we need to face the reality, I think, on ground is that we need to sort these problems out. A, a healthy woman, a happy woman is a healthy nation, yeah. really. You need, if we're struggling to even provide basic health care, then we need to go to the beginning, which is provision of, you know, contraceptive services available to everyone who wants it and yes. it should be even cheap or if possible free, free. but yes. let's not even talk about free let's talk about really cheap yes. so that anyone can access, can access it, it. Yes. you know um safely mm. it's it's a fun as far as i'm concerned it's a fundamental human right yes yes to, definitely if you have a position to decide that you don't want to get pregnant right yes. it, it yes. is a fundamental human right of anyone any woman I, yes. I, I think okay that is awesome thank you so much for that charge it's 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 been it's been really really great having you on thank you so much thank that you. was dr adebola adisa talking to us about a, a rebuttal on the stigma of contraception in nigeria and debunking the myths associated with it 
Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Remember that this podcast in no way replaces the advice you receive from your own doctor or physician. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media. Leave us a review on iTunes so that others can access the amazing content. And do join the club at a sliceofhealth.club where you will also be able to access the profiles of the guests we've had on today. And don't forget to be a health champion wherever you are by separating health fact from health fiction.